Welcome back to But Why the Podcast, and we've talked about Overwatch, we've talked about WoW, but now we're going to talk about Blizzard. As always, I'm Kate, I'm here with Adrian. Hey, how's it going? And Matt. Hello. And I'm obviously not the best person for this job, but Adrian is, so he'll be leading our episode today. Yeah, so Blizzard turned 30 years old this month, so that's why we are talking about them. At the time of this release, I think in a couple of days, Blizzard Online will be happening, because Blizzard isn't doing BlizzCon this year. We don't even know if they're doing it in 2022 either. So Blizzard Online, they've come up with a lot of really great games. I thought it'd be uh, cool to talk about kind of all the things that they've done and how much their games have like really pushed gaming in general. They've done a lot of bad stuff. going to preface that right now that <laughs> we're going to talk about the bad stuff. Don't worry. <laughs> I promise we will. Um, but for me personally, Blizzard has been a part of my life for a very, 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 very long time. Um, so still important, still matters, but there are not without sin in terms of the things that they've done, especially in the last couple of years. So we'll definitely talk about that. But before that intro question today, Blizzard's come out with a lot of games. How many of those games have you played and do you have a favorite? And we'll start with Matt. As far as games played for me, I've actually played quite a few of them and it honestly kind of defines weird part, not weird part, but like different sections of what I played. So obviously in the 90s, I, I played StarCraft every day for like four hours. It was great. I love StarCraft 1. Probably still will always be, hold a special place in my heart as probably one of the, like my favorite games ever. And then obviously I played WoW right for a few years right after it came out. And then I've kind of dabbled back and forth. Obviously played Diablo quite a bit growing up. Um, obviously played one and two for Diablo. I never got around to three because it was weird. And then by the time it looked interesting, I'd already moved on to stuff. Um, as far as I technically I played Overwatch, but I just don't care for it at all. You put a lot of hours into it for not caring. <laughs> I don't though. honestly. I probably don't have that many hours as you think I do into Overwatch. To be honest, <laughs> um, I have probably way more. And then as far as like right nowadays, like I probably. I watch Hearthstone. I follow Hearthstone everything. I probably don't play Hearthstone as much as I consume Hearthstone. I have a question. But, Does Hearthstone what? and Hearthstone Battlegrounds count as two different games? No, they do not. I have them as different games because they are two different like style of games. Well, so, technically, they are one game with different game modes. Yeah, I mean, like one's an, one's an auto battler, one's a card game. So I count them as different games. Well, because I mean, well, because the way Hearthstone, at least from my understanding, the way the layout's done, they count arena, they count um, what's it called, yeah. arena, uh, battle uh, battlegrounds, and then regular constructed Hearthstone, all as like three different game and duels. The new one, yeah. all as within the Hearthstone game, but they're all different game modes. If you all didn't know Matt has a PhD in Hearthstone. <laughs> yeah because because like team fight tactic it's built directly into like the the launcher and and all that good stuff so um, like i said i'm not disagreeing with you i'm yeah. just telling you how they classify it from yeah what for sure said. <laughs> but yes that's probably what i do is i consume as much hearthstone as possible despite probably not playing as much but i could probably tell you a lot of stuff so is hearthstone your favorite or is it just the one that you spent the most time in, in the last like Seven well, as I'm saying, like, if, I, if, if as far as games played, I still probably think StarCraft 1, probably one of my favorite, but obviously that could be nostalgia, and probably then, like, wow. But then again, like, as I said, like, I don't really play any of them, and I just watch Hearthstone. I will fall asleep to Battlegrounds every night, or Constructed, and whatnot else. So, like, I probably consume at least 10 hours of Hearthstone a day, almost, or getting close to. 
a lot of hours in Hearthstone. I'm not quite 10, but depending on the day. But it's like, literally the for... first thing he puts on when he wakes up. He goes onto Twitch and he watches his Hearthstone streamers. Well, what sucks is now that some of them keep getting moved to actually working for Blizzard, <laughs> they don't stream anymore. Because I had a routine where I had my European players that I got up and watched. It would transition to the daytime players, usually North America, and then the late night, which were usually kind of in the West Coast and whatnot uh, players. So I'm going to go into mine. I watch a lot of Hearthstone because I have to. Um, <laughs> I also fall asleep to Hearthstone, but it's because I'm reading manga while it's on the TV. I do like Hearthstone, though. I still don't really understand auto battlers in general, um, but I, re I, I did really like playing Hearthstone, like just like the regular base game. Um, and then I love overwatch i still really love overwatch despite not playing it and that's just because like i don't want to play it by myself um just because i need to get into games with people and it's hard to coordinate and i have no time but i love overwatch more than i ever thought that i would um it i didn't think that i would like it but i really do it's something about that hero fps play that i just really enjoy i've played wow eh. like i played back in the day i played vanilla and then I didn't play enough to even know that, like, be any. I wasn't the top warlock on the server like Matt. I was just there, and my cousin's family played all as a family together. Um, I think I've played, like, a little bit of Diablo. But I think my favorite, if I had to say something that I'm actually attached to, it's Overwatch. Like, I'm, I'm actually attached to the characters in Overwatch, and I really enjoy it. And I still, well, I still look at like Overwatch League stuff. Not like I don't follow it super closely, but it is something that I really like. So if I were to pick one, it was that. And I didn't suck at it, which was good because I sucked at WoW and I sucked at Hearthstone. I just liked them kind of, um, but I didn't suck at Overwatch. So that that's a win in my book. Yeah, uh, Blizzard. If you're listening to this, uh, Kate is literally the reason why you should have pet battles as a mobile option. Oh yeah, uh, hell yeah, no. <laughs> so that is the I love Final Fantasy with all my heart, and I love it ten times more than I love WoW. But the pet battles. Oh my! I'm pretty sure that I leveled my character in WoW just by pet battling, and I just did whatever I could to find more pets. The one you can pet battle. It's not the battle. same. It's not the same. It's not Pokemon in an MMO because that's what I get with Blizzard. I We would be running to your next quest in WoW and I would get off my mount and pet battle. So, no, it's not the same. <laughs> don't even pretend that I get Pokemon in Final Fantasy because I don't. But we are going to get Pokemon in Final Fantasy running around on our wonderful islands. That's not Pokemon. That's Animal Crossing in Final Fantasy. <laughs> don't even care. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and then for me, I, I played a little bit of just about like all of like the major titles. So, um, played Warcraft back in the day, like the RTS version, um, Warcraft, Diablo, Starcraft for a little bit. I played Starcraft for, like once, and I got like rolled over and over and over and over again. And I just realized, well, maybe this game just isn't for me. Because um, I just got, I just kept getting rolled in it. Um, definitely played Diablo. Played more Diablo two more than anything, just because that's what. Um, was available obviously didn't play starcraft 2 because i wasn't good at starcraft 1 so i was like i'm not gonna be good at this one either uh diablo 3 i played it at 
BlizzCon, but that's like really kind of it for Diablo 3. And then Hearthstone, Heroes of the Storm, Overwatch are also games I have um, quite a bit of time in. But World of Warcraft is still like my pride and joy because that's where I got into like heavily, heavily playing MMOs and kind of, you know, been a big part of my life there. But I love most, if not all of like the games that they have released. Overwatch 2 is going to be super fun. Got to play test that a little bit. Diablo 4 looks amazing, if anything, just for Lilith being a giant demon. That's all I know. All I know (laughs) is that I love Lilith. That's like, that's all I know about the Diablo franchise. So StarCraft 2, obviously as an avid player of StarCraft 1, played a lot of stuff, lost friends, made friends over playing StarCraft 1, waited the 10 years pretty much for StarCraft (laughs) 2. While it was in beta for years. (laughs) Yeah, waited like 10 years for StarCraft 2. I went to the actual bought it on midnight of the release, only for my, at this time now, laptop, because I had done already gone to damn college, pretty much, to not be able to play the game. And so, and I I could run it, but I couldn't play like at all. And so essentially I just never got into it and played it because I never had a PC that was able to run it. I would like, but I own it somewhere. I would like to state on the record that I don't know why, but I personally appreciate Matt's heartbreaking stories that he has for nearly every topic that we bring up. (laughs) (laughs) Also, I forgot Heroes of the Storm was a thing. Yeah, most most people do. It's terrible. It's Hero Storms is really only fun like if you're like really deep into like Blizzard characters and like, it was care terrible. about that kind of stuff. I like playing it, but it's just not as fun as like like mechanically not other as ones. fun as like <laughs> League. Like I'll play Her- Heroes of Storm over like New Smite, I think. But well, okay, my New Smite, I guess. <laughs> but like at the time before Heroes of Storm no, died, like would you play Old Smite? <laughs> not even close. No, Heroes of Storm. I that's one I tried. But the game moves too slow. It is just so slow and so boring to watch. So before we get into like the actual meat of this conversation, I do want to state that the most intense esports battle I have ever seen was watching two people play StarCraft against each other. DreamHack. The intensity on those guys' faces. Oh my god. Also, I have never seen fingers move so fast on a keyboard. It is insane, and I don't know how they do it. Yeah, it's like a ridiculous macro, macro, yeah. macro. Yeah, just nope. ridiculous micro and macro movements and like more brain decisions that can happen in a minute than I have. <laughs> I was like, as somebody for. who clicks the moves on their on their power bar when they are in a dungeon, <laughs> I cannot even comprehend yeah. how no, those it was guys were playing. like how fast you have to fly across the screen and do stuff with like. Just knowing how to operate a mini map made so much difference. Whether do you scroll or do you click, it it was way StarCraft runs. Obviously, for the class, if anything has to do with operating any sort of map, I will suck at it. Well, no, it was literally because what a lot of what newer players would do for the most part, especially like obviously this is like twenty years ago at this point, is essentially you would just use like your mouse or something. You would just scroll across the map to see where everything's at. But actually, that was bad. You need to click exactly where you need to go at all times because scrolling wasted half a second, and then it ha- wasted another half a second, and then by that time, you wasted two minutes. I'm good playing Warcraft 3 and being the orcs. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> we used to play, when we played Starcraft, we'd play it with timers. You, you'd play it with timers, and you had to have this going by this timer or you were going to fail. You had to have this done by this time. You need to do this by this time. Yo. And they would ping... 
that's just too intense for me. <laughs> yeah, I just want to click on my peons and make them say stuff. I'm good. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll definitely talk about StarCraft and it's kind of like impact largely like on the esports community because StarCraft really does a lot for that, just like as Kate mentioned with DreamHack. So we'll definitely get into that. But we'll start with some quick company history and kind of like how they got founded and things like that. And then we will jump into our but why those. So Blizzard Entertainment is an American video game developer publisher based out of Irvine, California. And the overarching like Blizzard Entertainment is a subsidiary of Activision Blizzard. We'll talk about that later. That was founded on February 8th, 1991 under the name Silicon and Synapsis Incorporate by three graduates of UCLA. And the name Silicon and Synapsis was a high concept from the three founders with Silicon representing the building blocks of a computer while Synapsis the building block of the brain. I just realized I'm going to be 30 this year. Yeah, I was going to say, like, hey, like, you're, you're Blizzard years, years old. old. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so during the first two years, the company focused on creating game ports for other studios. Ports included titles such as J.R.R. Tolkien's Lord of the Rings Volume 1 and Battle Chess 2 Chinese Chess. I don't know what that game is, but that's a mouthful of a name. In 1993, the company developed such games as Rock and Roll Racing and The Lost Vi- uh, The Lost Vikings. That's kind of a fun game, to be honest. Like they have it every year, like in the arcade area of BlizzCon, and it's kind of fun. It's probably like their biggest game in those early years. Shortly after Blizzard Entertainment shipped um, their breakthrough hit Warcraft: Orcs and Humans, a real-time strategy or RTS game in a high fantasy setting and everything kind of just snowballs from that scent, um, that part there. But you know, while everything's kind of going on, they're having like a lot of, we, we've talked before about like how companies change hands and things like that. And blister change has changed hands a lot over the last 30 years. So um, they basically got sold to Davidson. Then they went to CUC international in 96, which then merged with H FS corporation to form um, Sindant in 97, which after accounting fraud, led it to be sold to Havas in 98, which then formed the Vivendini the same the same year, and then 10 years later would merge with Activision in 2008, where they are currently at. So got And they've been downhill since because Activision's terrible. Activision, <laughs> Sorry, Activision. is terrible. I yes. was I was just gonna say, and I thought the uh, hit the the company history behind who made Hitman was convoluted. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, merge, sold, fraud, sold, bought. <laughs> <laughs> but despite all that kind of ownership craziness, Blizzard did, Blizzard did pump out a lot of really great games. Um, in total, they developed 19, ga- 19 games since 1991, the majority of being in the Warcraft, Diablo, and StarCraft series. Since the release of Orcs and Humans in 1994, Diablo 1997, and StarCraft 1998, the focus has been almost exclusively on these three franchises, with Overwatch in 2016 as mainly the sole exception. Additionally, Blizzard has released two spin-offs to the main franchise with Hearthstone in 2014 and Here's the Storm in 2015 
So I, I do have to think, because we have 19 games, so what all is this considered? Are these like actual individual games versus DLCs? Because I know that's the one thing when it comes to Blizzard that's always been interesting of what do we count as like technically a new game, which we even mentioned with Hearthstone, versus what do we count as just like an add-on? Because like StarCraft, you know, has like four expansions. Yeah. So it's only technically so this two is, games. Yeah, so like this doesn't count like like Brood War isn't like a new game, right? Like right. that's that's just the expansions that are in there. So this is like literally like, um, I can run through the list real quick. RPM Racing, The Lost Vikings, Rock and Roll Racing, The Death and Return of Superman, Blackthorn, Warcraft, Hold Justice on, wait, League. Wait, 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 what? Yeah, yeah. This is an early fun fact, but <laughs> Blizzard is, they did a Death of Superman, the Death and Return of Superman for the NES, and then also Justice League Task Force for the NES <laughs> in <laughs> so, 94, 95. <laughs> so they've made a Lord of the Rings game. And two DC games. Yeah, they ported the Lord of the Rings one, but they definitely did publish <laughs> the Superman and, and Justice League games. And okay. uh, <laughs> then you have, um, uh, sorry, Diablo, Warcraft 2, Lost Vikings 2, Starcraft, Diablo 2, Warcraft 3, World of Warcraft, Starcraft 2, Diablo 3, Hearthstone, Here's the Storm, Overwatch, Diablo Immortal, which I don't even know if you should count, but you know, whatever. Uh, that shit. Overwatch 2 and then Diablo 4 are um, all the games. And then, of course, they have like the, you know, I think was this one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight ports, including micro league basketball or baseball. The best, the funniest thing out of all this is the fact that no, everybody actually forgets that Warcraft actually existed and they only know World of Warcraft. I don't, I don't forget that it existed. I actually was cleaning I... out my closet the other day and I had like my Warcraft 3 like box set thing. So I will remind anybody who doesn't know that <laughs> yeah. Warcraft is a reason why it's called World of Warcraft. It is the world of the game Warcraft. I it's... had no idea until years after I knew what World of Warcraft was that Warcraft was a thing. Um, so I yeah. was one of those people. Obviously not one of those people now, but I was, in fact, one of those people. Yeah, so three... Really, they're pretty really, good games. I yeah, like them. Just like I said, just games. WoW was all just blew up way bigger than anything they ever were. So for sure, as time went on, people just forgot what they were. Yeah. So and even even in that sense, too, um, Warcraft obviously like isn't their focus anymore, given that um, World of Warcraft come out. So as a studios, as like is true with most studios, Blizzard has um, multiple teams and departments that kind of oversee these franchises. So um, basically. They've broken down into five or five or so teams. So team one does StarCraft, Hear the Storm, and then bulks together the StarCraft and then the Warcraft remasters because those just came out recently. Team two does WoW, uh, World of Warcraft. Team three does Diablo. Team four does Overwatch. And then team five does other smaller projects, but primarily now Hearthstone since that was one of the smaller projects that kind of took off in a big way. Blizzard also does has a lot of stuff outside of the outside of like their main games. I'm not going to talk about like the failed card game from like 2008 or things like that. I'm just going to talk about like the big stuff. But the movie Warcraft in 2016 made 430 million dollars on a 160 million dollar budget. 6.8 on IMDb, 28 percent on Rotten Tomatoes, 85 percent on Google. We talked about Lorecroft Tomb Raider last week, but. Um, without adjusting for inflation, Warcraft is the highest grossing video game movie ever. Don't know where it's at adjusted because box office mojo is terrible. And I literally spent like 10 minutes trying to figure out what the adjusted inflation was for, you know, that list. And it's just 
hard, too hard to find, too lazy. So I was going to say, I think since we last recorded anything on 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 a blizzard property um or, or warcraft or, uh, wow related i have seen the movie now and i don't think it's bad i think it's actually a pretty fun movie i think it's a pretty I, fun movie too i know absolutely nothing about the lore but i was with it that orc lady was dope like yeah. i i enjoyed it i was like you know what the cg the makeup the costumes this is really cool um so yeah i liked it yeah, so like for Warcraft fans, like we loved it. We we were excited. We were ready for more, but it just falls under like that same gripe of like a video game movie where, you know, you don't know if you're going to get another one. And unless you do well in the U.S., you're probably not going to get another one since they made like, you know, four. Unless you're Resident Evil. True. Yeah. Because <laughs> then you can suck in the U.S. and get 10. So basically, if you haven't seen Warcraft, go give it a shot. It's a pretty good fantasy movie. Lots of cool action. And there's orcs who punch stuff. And they ride griffins and stuff. The humans are the worst part of the movie, which, if in a fantasy movie, I think that's kind of what you want. The humans are the worst part of like every movie where there aren't humans, <laughs> or yeah, where, where so... like humans don't have to be the focus. Exactly. Um, I don't know. I haven't looked for a while because I'm also like scarred because I remember back in like what it was BlizzCon 2008 or 2009. They're like, we're gonna do a movie, and then it took them almost ten years to give me the movie. So. I look at nothing regarding whether or not they're going to go to another movie because I don't believe it until I'm in the seat in the theater watching it, which at this point in life seems like a weirdly weird thing to say because I haven't been to a movie theater in a year. <laughs> All I remember is Paladin Man, who was the worst part of the movie, was also the hottest part of the movie. It was great. And I was like, ooh, I like your armor as a paladin. Was that Anduin? No, this is like before all of those. Okay, that one. Yeah. Okay. You're good. Yeah, don't worry. It's kind of hard to like figure out who's who and things like that. I just basically generic white guy. Yeah, pretty much generic <laughs> white guy in generic paladin armor, but it looked cool. And I was like, oh, as someone who plays paladin, this is dope. <laughs> Anduin is cool though. Anduin is, is cool. I but only know technically yeah. a priest. He's just a is priest he? with oh, armor. Guess... Oh, my bad. Yeah, my he's bad. a priest, okay. but he's but he's, he's more. A pa- he's a priest. He's a priest in a paladin armor. I okay. only know who Anduin is. So I will say. I only know who characters are in World of Warcraft because of Hearthstone. That's fair. I mean, like, that's, like, yeah, that's, like, the only reason. Yeah. The funny thing is, like, which we guess we get to, it's kind of like how we fit people were that there was a Warcraft game, is when people were, and I think when Warcraft came, like, some re- some reason it came out, like, I think, like, a year or so ago, people all of a sudden realized, oh, I think WoW, like, released an expansion or something like that, and it finally dawned on people that Hearthstone was just using all the WoW characters. Yeah, that's literally. And they're like, wait a minute. And by Kate, wow. like, he means Kate. <laughs> not just she. Well, yes, that was also true. But also, like, people were like, what are you talking about? WoW's just copying Hearthstone? And people were like, I think it was know that, where the game I came? I think it was way back with the Lynch, the Lynch King stuff, if I remember correctly. They might have been King. the Lynch King stuff, which, which was probably about three years ago then yeah. from here. Because that's when I realized it. It was, But it was Lynch just great. King. People were like, what? what? WoW, Her- WoW copies Hearthstone? so broken. And also, the Lich King just looks like Nas- like a Nazgul writer. So yeah. uh, I, I don't. I, she said that. that. She said that World of Warcraft Twitter. I did not. Uh, I don't care. I, think, I got a mute button. Come at me. Yeah, come come at her, and I'll join in by saying Lich King's trash. Uh, sorry, not sorry. Wow, okay. you are all disgraces. All right, we're moving on because he's trash. <laughs> he's, trash. he's literally sp- he's literally Ice Hitler uh, in my eyes. So we're moving on. Um, BlizzCon, 
is a their annual convention that happens every year in Anaheim, California. The first one was in 2005 to about 4,000 people, and now they're at about 40,000 plus. Um, they haven't released their numbers for 2019. Is that is that when life wasn't crazy? Yeah, 2019. Yeah, 2019. Um, but they that year they had like four of the halls in the convention center, so I'm pretty sure they're probably over 45,000 people there. Um, we know it's not happening at least until 2022 at the earliest, but they are doing online things like BlizzCon online, BlizzCon line, BlizzCon, BlizzCon online, line. BlizzCon. I, that's how they spell it. They spell it just BlizzCon with online in the con. So like, just come on, just looks fine. Like when you read just it, put but... virtual at the front of your thing, be yeah, like the Crunchyroll Expo. Just, virtual just virtual Crunchyroll Expo. Virtual yeah. BlizzCon. That's it. But that wouldn't be or, marketing. Or like SCCC. Do BlizzCon at home. Yeah, that's fine. That's, that's it. Once again, that would not be marketing. BlizzConline. BlizzConline. If you can sounds pronounce like it the easily, thing ever. it's not marketing. Um, anyway. If your customers are not confused, you're not doing marketing right. That's also true. <laughs> and I will be there watching the stuff as if, you know... I'm there. I'll go grab like I don't know. I'll go put on a Murloc costume or something. Like feel like I'm there. Uh the convention is only a two day convention, which is I guess not like typical of like some of the bigger conventions. So they they really have stuck to that two day model where they do Friday and Saturday. But every year it ends with a concert. So they've had people like Offspring, Video Games Live, Ozzy Osbourne, Tenacious D, Foo Fighters, Blink One Eighty Two, Metallica, Lincoln Park, Weird Al, Muse, Train, uh DJ Hodor, that's why I know it's not his name, but so people know, like, yeah, DJ Hodor did the thing, and then Fitz and the Tantrums. I personally saw Ozzy Osbourne, Tenacious D, and then um, they're, they're just not as good, but, they you know, I guess Fitz and the Tantrums were fine. I love Fitz and the Tantrums. I'm still mad we only saw them at ACL, because I feel like they would be, like, dope to watch in a small venue, because everybody would lose their shit, but. Yeah, uh, I, I would. I mean, I would personally say like the concerts have kind of dropped off over the last couple of years. I think just with the amount of people. So um, when I was there in 2019, um, they just basically split it into three different stages, kind of like a music concert. Like, well, if you wanted to go watch Train, then you'd go watch Train. If you wanted to go watch DJ Hodor, then you go watch DJ Hodor. It's also interesting that they had yeah, Train. As I don't, I don't think of gamers and Train like all yeah. these other ones. Totally Everybody back. loved Train. <laughs> Like, did they just say, and now here's Meet Virginia? Like, <laughs> Everybody loves Train. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're fun concerts, to, to be honest. I mean, seeing Ozzy Osbourne in person was pretty cool. Uh, he kept telling me that he couldn't see my hands, even though I was like, Ozzy Osbourne, my hands are up. He's like, yeah, I can't see your fucking hands. I was like, my hands are here, Ozzy Osbourne. There's like 40,000 of us. Like, Jesus. But he was really fun. Did he, did he eat a bat? He didn't eat a bat. I thought he was going to. But he didn't. Tenacious D was okay, but they were like clearly lip syncing, and it kind of sucked. And I was kind of made me a little. I bit feel sad. like can they even sing anymore? Well, They're like that's what I was gonna say. Like I feel like Tenacious D is one of those bands that works not live. Yeah, that did not work live for me, and that was like in two thousand nine, I think. Um, but and they also used to do comedy things. So like Patton Oswalt did a comedy thing there, and they've had some other comedians too. So uh, bring back the comedians. I think the comedians are are good time because you don't have to like really be focused for that you can kind of just walk around the convention and just listen to this, something like this is Patton a pretty Oswald solid or... lineup though like these are some pretty big yeah. bands and, and pretty dope also yeah. want to know if all of them play blizzard games i mean I if doubt you kinda, does, but 
<laughs> I mean, Ozzy Osbourne did do the commercial where he was an undead uh, warlock back in the day. I don't know if you remember the the Blizz, uh, World of Warcraft that one. commercials, that was great. but World of Warcraft usually had commercials where they get like the celebrities, like That's Wee cool. Man. Wee Man did one. Uh, Ozzy Osbourne did one. Mr. T did one, where like they were legitimately playing. And if you go look in like celebrity lists, there's like a lot of celebrities who played well, you played or played World of Warcraft, especially in those early days. So I wouldn't put it past Ozzy for rocking out as a undead something or other. Um, some things outside of BlizzCon, you, you can do headquarters tours. I don't know how much you can do it now, but they used to do them once a month in Irvine. If you didn't know a Blizzard staff member, if you knew Blizzard, if you know a Blizzard staff member, then you kind of just go walk around, kind of see all the cool statues and their library and like all that cool stuff. There is a amusement park called Wonder Joyland in China that is inspired by WoW and StarCraft, but is not officially endorsed by Activision Blizzard. And you can go to that if you'd like. Um, sure. I personally think I, and this is da- just based off like Overwatch and playing in like the the amusement park like map. That's what I was gonna ask. <laughs> I'd be down. I'd be down. I would too for a Blizzard park. <laughs> I would too. Because you could just section it off like perfectly. It would literally just be like a different section park where you'd like you you want to go do Starcraft stuff and then go shoot. Protons if it meant that I could take stuff. a picture in a diva mech, I'd be happy. That'd be actually really that, cool. That's, that's all I want. I care about nothing else. Yeah, so if you care about, you know, an amusement park, you can go to Wonder Joyland if you'd like. And there's obviously no musicals since this is a company, but they <laughs> have been featured in Video Games Live to use their music, so I think that kind of counts because it is a musical performance using their music, which is really, really good. I really do enjoy World of Warcraft music specifically. I really think the Overwatch score slaps. I really like the Overwatch mm-hmm. music, like, a lot. Yeah. Blizzard might do a lot of stuff, but they don't skimp on the music, I don't think. Yeah. So, if there aren't any other questions or anything like that on the company history, we'll get into some, but why those? Usually, we talk about how successful the company is or how successful XYZ thing is. We're, we're going to flip the script here, and we're going to start straight about the controversies first. Like, get everything out on the table on why we understand that they do some shady stuff and have done and continue to do shady stuff and just can't... Hey, follow, we're following this Dewey Griffith, Griffin um, model of business. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, apparently, gonna... Blizzards was just... Sold, sold, fraud, merge, sold, more fraud. And now we're going to do, you know, a bad news sandwich where we're just going to switch all the bad news in the middle and then we're going to talk about our love for the games at the end. (laughs) Um, But we are going to talk about it. And there's actually quite a lot to talk about. So more or less in kind of like chronological order, you have the StarCraft. um, And feel free to stop me, whatever. We can talk more deeply about whichever ones you want to talk about. But the StarCraft privacy lawsuit in 1998 um, Blizzard was sued for unlawful business practices for the action of collecting data from a user's computer without their permission. The Woo! funny thing is, back then we cared about this. Now we just don't care anymore. But also, I didn't know that that... that okay, that's cool. I mean, it's not yeah. cool, but like, it's interesting that like it didn't take social media companies to do this practice. Yeah. No, it did not. Like, like I said, we just don't care anymore that it's a social media company doing it. Uh, then you have Freecraft. So on June 20th, 2003, Blizzard issued a cease and desist letter to the developers of an open source clone of the Warcraft engine called Freecraft, claiming that the trademark and uh, claiming trademark infringement. 
This hobby project had the same gameplay and characters as Warcraft 2, but came with different graphics and music. Did they uh, hire them? Or did that's they a good question. I didn't desist. Yeah, I didn't look that up because I know that we've talked about that before where like they'll bring it bring them on. I don't mm-hmm. know if they brought them in, but it's not the first time that they have shut down a private server. But before that, you do have an infringement suit. So in August of 2007, Beijing University founder Electronics sued Blizzard for copyright infringement, claiming 100 million yuan in damages. The lawsuit alleged the Chinese edition of World of Warcraft reproduced a number of Chinese typefaces made by founder Electronics without permission. In 2008, we have the WoW private server basically cease and desist. So Blizzard did issue a cease and desist letter um, to the administrators of a high population World of Warcraft private server. Um, and basically they use the digital millennium copyright act to influence many private servers to fully shut down and cease and desist. I actually used to play in that, that yeah. uh, server because this was post expansion. So it was really the yep. only way that you can go back and play the original. So games. what they did is they cease and desist all these people. And then they said, Hey, guess what guys we're making wow classic. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But no, this was the way you could sucks. play. This is how you could play vanilla WoW long before they did yeah. it, and basically they shut everything down and turned into made everybody buy it. Yeah, um, and I know that like uh, Blizzard gets like a lot of um, flack for this, but to be honest, like this is what they were companies were sending cease and desist letters even for Star Wars Galaxies like back in the day, um, because the only to way to got, play Star Star Wars Galaxies pre like their big change was to do it through private servers, and those got shut down pretty quick so, as well. So it's pretty common. So for someone, no, it didn't definitely break. So for someone who doesn't understand private, because like I didn't PC game literally until I have what's sitting in front of me right here, like however many years ago, like what, like are private servers just like, like what are they specifically? It's basically a server that's private. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> well, I mean, sir. I mean, basically, it's basically, it's, it's base. I know how you felt when I when I talked about biomes, Adrian. It's, thank you. I know it's, now. <laughs> It's essentially just a um, pirated version of the game. Okay. Because like, when I think of private servers, I think of like the servers that ARC would let you run so, for yourself. So I didn't know like what the yeah, difference okay, is between like, so, a private so, server through a console game or like what's happening here. Yeah, from my understanding, those are different in the sense that the company works and allows those versus these are usually not allowed obviously, because as Adrian mentioned, it is pretty common to do. Um, personally, I just didn't like the WoW one because it ends up being, especially like by the time we get WoW Classic, because I know that he says, I think it starts in 2008, but they don't officially shut down that vanilla one until what, like 2015, 2016 or something like that, if I remember correctly? Yeah, they shut down like right before the, because um, they had already had plans to do Classic, they just didn't know like when they were going to do it, but yeah, they basically the server was released was... in 2019. Well, I know the classic was released in 2019. I'm talking about when they officially finally shut down the last remaining private server. Yeah, was it was a couple of years ago, but it wasn't. Yeah, but it, it fallen off because it wasn't as good as that first one. Because I, I did try, but there just wasn't as mm. as good. But you know, okay. I mean, it sucks, but also like it's kind of like their their thing. Yeah, you know? no, like it's, I, it's I a weird balance. Yeah. It's a weird balance because it is one of those, and that what bugged me obviously because we end up getting WoW Classic in general. Yeah. But it was one of those of like. You're like, oh, well, these players, you know, they're doing this. But all they were doing was playing very basic WoW. Because the thing about MMOs, as even Adrian mentioned, sadly, with some of these games, you are forced to what happened to your game. 
it's not like, you know, like where you buy Skyrim and you don't add anything or update a patch, you can still play it, versus these, you are forced into whatever changes they and decide so, to make. And so so ass- if they rework all of these skill sets, all yeah. of the other stuff, you have no choice but to do that. And so basically doing this was the only way you could play what version that you so liked. I'm assuming private servers are essentially done because you can't really mod the game in the specific way to bring it back. Like you can't like well, whether mod it or just you just like playing the way then, you like to play. And then I'm and assuming it, that you also don't have to have a license to play, correct? Versus like the other games. Yeah, you do. didn't need a license to play. Like you just went okay. on like a forum and like right. downloaded the game and then oh, kind of booted okay. into it the same way you would. Okay. Um, do the other things, but okay. obviously like you're not paying a 15 month subscription. Like. Yeah. You're yeah. at the behest of like sometimes they would just like roll back the servers and you would lose like a whole day of like playing okay. because you're. But it, like I said, it sucked because, and that's what a weird part where I look at it too because of like it is like, oh, well, you're not paying $50 server, but you're also not getting what you're paying, what people pay for anyways. You don't get any new content, you don't get any new stuff yeah. for the most part. Okay. That makes sense. And I so just... it's kind of like a one time purchase, yeah. even though this one was free, but it's like I said, it's just one of those. Okay. When these types of games, all the changes you cannot, you don't get to control that. Yeah, because this is this is by the second expansion at this point. So this is Wrath of the Lich King, like their biggest expansion, like of all time, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then they're shutting these things down. But again, you know, it's their property, so I can't really fault yeah. them too much. I will fault the Star Wars Galaxy's private server shutting down because the game was dead. No one was playing the game. Okay, that no is. No one that's what, that's was playing so the weird. game. I, I will say I can understand WoW doing it because they're an active property who are actively doing things. So I at least get that. And now I understand what a private server was because, again, I was using, like, dedicated server, like that kind of stuff. Even though, even though all the people that were playing on these private servers were not buying the new expansions regardless just because they didn't want to play that. But uh, but, so I, but either way, like, I it makes sense because you're losing money by having it open because you're something that's actively going versus a game that's dead. I mean, and you know, the classic subscription is included in the like retail subscription. So I mean, oh yeah, now I get it. But like I said, it was just basically all these people who didn't want to buy all their new stuff and like their old stuff were now forced to basically pay for new stuff and old stuff. But yes, yeah. So you had that. Then you have Real ID. So July of 2010, Blizzard announced that they were changing the way that their forums worked to require that users identify themselves with their real name. The reaction from the community was overwhelmingly negative with multiple game magazines calling the change foolhardy and an epic fail. It resulted in a significant user response on Blizzard forums, including one thread on the issue reaching over 11,000 replies. This included personal details of a Blizzard employee who gave his real name to show it wasn't a big deal. Shortly after revealing his name, forum users posted personal information, including his phone number, uh, picture, age, and home address. Yep. No. Nope. I hated this. Yep. That's I hated when they you... tried to do this. So, also something uh, I under like it, this is actually really relevant to what's going on right now because right now there are there are current pushes in Congress that are pushing for every social media platform to have you put your real name and everything. It's a big bad idea because one doxing and two sometimes you just don't need to have it and sometimes people don't use their real name because there are people in their life that they know that can hurt them and so like blizzard isn't the only one who's done this and i think that it is a totally dumb idea and then like people like but if people put their real name they won't be asses online and i'm like you've apparently never read a facebook thread because that doesn't stop anybody Yeah, no, I do remember when this happened. I hated it, and I was like, I'm not doing this. That poor um, But I will say, yeah, well, 
guess what? He wanted to probably prove a point and it backfired. Um, I will say it's been interesting when we talk about like what you said with other platforms because it seems to be in the workaround is now they make people log through Facebook because usually you have to have a real ID yeah. there. And that's kind of what's kind of been the weird thing of kind of like half killing, not killing, well, one main thing of comment sections and kind of forums as we see is basically people don't want to either use Facebook or log in yeah. there, but then obviously... Um, and so this you know, was just does. for forum communication, correct? Like anytime you uh, use a Blizzard forum or like what were the specifics around it? Yeah, like it was like the forum, the forum okay. post. Because before the forum post was just like you posting and it was like your character. Yeah. Like whatever character you had selected or whatever, whatever the... Yeah. So it would, it would say like Waze Dark Cloud or whatever. Yeah. Like if it, then they they changed it around because they changed around how the um, uh, Battle.net stuff worked as well. Since they were adding on more games, they yeah. changed it from that. But okay. I mean, they they went back. They they um oh not like immediately. Obviously, it took you know eleven thousand replies in the forum. <laughs> but they eventually did roll back, and now you don't have to like share like your real name for your yeah. real ID because that's obviously a stupid idea. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, then you have Blizzard versus Valve, which, if you remember, Valve that is um, Steam and all of their their things. A monopoly, they do. if you they're, would like they're to say. Monopoly, yeah. <laughs> and they, uh, we've talked about Valve before with our Half Life episode. So shortly after Valve filed its trademark for Dota to secure the franchising rights for Dota Two, which is a um, another MOBA. And eventually turned into turns into like an auto chess game. They basically file for the rights to Dota. Um, Dota All Stars. This is kind of a little bit confusing because Dota All Stars is like the Blizzard one called Defense of the Ancients. They filed a Blizzard filed like a counter trademark later that same year. Basically, Dota All Stars was sold to Blizzard in 2011, but basically the opposition was overruled in Valve's favor. And then Blizzard filed against them again. Basically, Blizzard lost out to like to use the term Dota in their oh, game. Okay. Even and this will make a little bit more sense when we get into the games because basically, like Valve just like modded a modded World of Warcraft, a more modded Warcraft, and then like took the name Dota. And then when they wanted to go back and use Dota again, they couldn't. But uh, eventually, ipso facto, blah 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 blah, Blizzard ends up going from Dota just to calling their games Hero of the Storm. Oh, okay, this makes so, sense now. Yeah. So Dota is like a um, basically a mode off of Warcraft where they yeah. just take all like the heroes from the RTS and like put them in like a, a battle arena. And then Blizzard's like, oh, yeah, we were going to do that, too, with Starcraft. And then D and Valve was like, hey, I already took the name Dota. Have fun. And then they <laughs> took the name Dota and <laughs> they had changed their name to something. That's else. actually kind of funny. <laughs> Uh, yes, funny. So now for the not fun stuff. Oh, yeah. Uh, because we have Blitz Chung and Hong Kong. So in October 2019, video game developer Blizzard punished Blitz Chung, a Hong Kong pro Hearthstone player, for voicing his support of the 2019-2020 Hong Kong protest during an official streaming event. The public response, um, which included a boycott and a letter from the U.S. Congress representatives, prompted Blizzard to reduce the punishment. But not eliminated and yeah. the big reason that this is an issue aside from just the overall it's a harmless protest is uh they i don't remember what it was but people i think one of the magazines started digging into uh corporate filings where the money comes from and all that stuff and that's when everybody realized that 10 cent the chinese video game company owns so much in everything everywhere and so, it can all be traced. 
I do know, obviously, I remember this happening. You saw it live, I watched, right? Uh, I do not know, because watching the, because watching the, uh, the Asian, um, but I guess for Grandmasters, what this was in for uh, is at four o'clock in the morning, um. and so I usually don't get to watch those. I usually watch the European ones, and then obviously the um, the North America ones. Now before, then they went to YouTube, cause, and then I don't watch because the hell with YouTube. But no, um, obviously they took all his money and earnings and everything, which made it worse. Because then they like unsuspended him, and then took his money. But then they didn't even say what rule he broke, which was bad, and so it prompted thing the and the. <laughs> The weirdest thing to come out of this, because it was all bad, but the funny, dumb thing to come out of this was all the people who yelled that they protested and delizzard and deleted their, uh, what's it called? Oh Pro- yeah, that's right. Battle their net. battle, battle, their battle nets. nets. They deleted their battle net accounts in protest, only for two weeks later to want to get their battle net accounts back, realizing they lost like fifteen years worth of content. Yeah. yeah. So like, obviously, I don't support Blizzard and its decision to do this. But also it was very funny to see the people who flooded and were like, I'm doing something and do a performance out of it and then be like, oh, no, please give me my stuff back, Blizzard Senpai. Yeah. And I know people were worried about Blizzard, uh, BlizzCon 2019 with like mass protests and all that stuff like that. No, like it was like 15 so, people like 200 yards away from the entrance. Yeah. Um, I will say it made the competition for BlizzCon for her something as pretty much I believe all but one of the announcers pulled out of that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they definitely had to just make some impromptu people thrown in there to announce the games, and they were not that great, to be honest, considering how we get to things. And we've also changed the way that broadcasters, too, because I believe not all of them are gone, but I know some of them never actually returned. Um, so that's been interesting yeah. to see post that yeah. of, like, some and, people I mean, leave. And they're obviously just, like, another one, like, like Kate mentioned, China owns some of these Chinese companies, open a lot of stuff. And it's also the same reason why the NBA had the same issues, yeah. you know, earlier in the year. It just, it's just all, all, yeah. Because I hadn't, I hadn't bad, realized bad way how much manage. I had, I hadn't realized how much China has at stake in everything. Like I knew that it was a large portion and a large portion of the gaming population, but then when you actually looked at like holdings for different companies, you're like, oh. Also, Blizzard made it worse by their stupid apologies that weren't apologies and were just very dumb. Like all well, of their saying, PR they, around it was awful. Well, that's what I'm saying. They ended up like they well, made like it you said, more they kind of, awful. They reduced the punishment, quote unquote, but they didn't actually eliminate it, and they didn't ever actually specifically say what he did yeah. wrong, which made it worse. Obviously, it is interesting because we go look in the stuff too of like how the Overwatch week operates, where I think they don't recognize Thai, the Thailand team. I believe yeah. that's correct. And then obviously uh, with the. Taiwan, my bad. And then they have obviously with the Hearthstone, their Grand Masters. If I'm, I'm not sure exactly, but they, the Asian Grand Masters, actually operate in their own little thing. Especially when it comes to pulling into the big tournaments for like the actual like full like world tournament of Hearthstone. Yeah. Like basically, the EU and the NA, they basically have their little season. They run their stuff. They do their thing. Bam, they're done. And obviously, I think the there's an Asian bracket that kind of runs like that, but for a lot of people, they can't actually be included, and they have to do like their own weird like workaround type way to how players qualify to get in. That's awful. Thank yeah. you, China and Tencent. Thank you. China bad with, with that stuff, yada, 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 but whatever, because they still laid off a bunch of people, and they shouldn't have. And I'll let Matt talk a little bit about this one. Uh, so basically, this was the one where basically they actually announced that they had record profit for the year, and then they laid off 700 to 800 people. 
Um, on the same day, they actually had both two press releases come out that day of We Made Record Profits, Pop the Bottles, and All of You Are Fired. Um, yep. Which has basically been the biggest argument that we've always made when it comes to like, well, you got to support the game devs and pay more money. And we're like, dude, the money doesn't go to the game dev whether yeah. I pay $60 for a game or $70 because you can still get record profits. And they've been showing that gaming companies and the gaming industry itself is growing and getting record profits. People are still not being paid and people are still being laid off. That yeah. is not a consumer problem. That is an actual people above them problem. And then if I remember correctly, one of the bigger issues too is like because of like toxicity and like the Overwatch, like it, it, over, it happens in all multiplayers, but like the actual like ones that are tied to Blizzard. And I think they axed the majority of their communities teams. And it was yes. like, okay, so you're having all of this uptick in bad stuff in your communities. And then when you make a lot of money, you decide to ax your communities. And I'm, I, I'm friends with a former, she's still there or not? I don't remember if she's still there, but a former like community ops person. And like when it happened, she was just like, oh, great. This is going to be perfect. Because they were already, they were already struggling to scale to like what was happening. Um, yeah, so... Yeah, for context, Activision Blizzard's like, and this is going to be a fun fact, but I guess it's not as fun of a fact. They're like valued at like $72 billion. Yes. Yeah, don't worry. That's why when people are like, you got to support the game devs. It's like, dude, I'm not, a, do I look like a CEO? Not my job. Yeah, yeah. We, we need the company to support the game devs, please. Yeah. And then I guess on that, our last like bad thing, uh, we were talking about hiring game devs. I didn't even know this until Kate brought it up, like literally right before recording. Apparently, you know, they can't follow the Rooney rule, which has been around in like forever. Established so. in the NFL. Yes. Yeah. So the Rooney, rule in, the Rooney rule and internally companies call this different things. So it doesn't sound as weird as just saying Rooney rule. Um, the Rooney rule essentially states you have to have at least one diverse candidate make it into interviews. So that doesn't mean that you have to hire the diverse candidate. It just means that when you open that door, you need to have at least one diverse candidate coming through it and diverse candidacy is different depending on industry because it looks at specifics on how many people are employed per percentage of that population that is representing um so like that's women stuff like that um and essentially this is the standard practice that the sec asks every tech company to do and a lot of other companies to do but in the tech landscape it's normal it's normal operating procedure the largest the largest people who are competing to pull jobs from software engineers, coders, all of this, they are also operating under the Rooney rule. Uh, but Activision said specifically, and I quote, Activision's lawyers argue that the proposal seeks to micromanage the way in which publishers handle their hiring strategies. So Activision specifically said that it's, unwork it's unworkable and that it puts them at a disadvantage in a competitive landscape. It's just not true. Like I, I work in DNI recruiting, and literally the Rooney Rule is the bare minimum. Like it is the easiest thing to accomplish in any sector. And essentially, their argument was there aren't enough diverse coders and software engineers, so we need to be competitive and not hire them. Uh, and it was just real bad and it, it made me real angry. And I know that like a lot of folks, I, I don't, it made a lot of people angry, but I don't think people were angry from a place of understanding, like just how bare minimum this was. Like they were rightfully angry, 
But I feel like they would be more angry if they understood that the Rooney rule is literally the smallest thing a company can do for diversity hiring. Anyway, yeah, that's a thing. Yeah, because I think the Rooney rule was established in the NFL mm-hmm. from the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, like a long, long time ago before I was born, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Um, so I've known about it forever because it's the biggest thing in sports. And the biggest problem we that they've faced with this thing is that obviously in the NFL they've done it and they've been moving. Um, it hasn't really been had too many issues. We've seen, I think there's only been a few times I could think over my entire life that were maybe they had an internal candidate they wanted to hire and they couldn't. And first, but for the most part, it has done well. Like Mike Tomlin is the coach of the Steelers because of this rule. But also what the main problem they've had, at least from the NFL, is they've been mad is universities will not adapt yeah. this rule. And so like when it comes to the college level of uh, thing, the, the, I know the NFL for, I mean, obviously they probably do the bare minimum of doing this at this point as we've seen, but they've always, they've tried to push colleges and universities to adapt this rule for college football hirings. And that has never happened. Yeah, and when people were def- were defending Activision Blizzard in this thing, they're saying, "Oh, well, you're privileging diverse candidates." It's like, no, 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 that's not what ha- that's not what's happening. It's just literally saying somebody can actually get to the door, and then they have to actually go through and prove that they're better than the other folks. Um, but yeah, that happened like two to three weeks ago. It happened whenever I got into my car accident. So that was like January 17th. So around that time. <laughs> um, we believe we have another podcast. If you are interested to look at this, I believe another podcast on our network did an entire episode discussing all this as yeah. well. Um, so feel free to check that out. Also, do we get to blame Activision for how bad Blizzard's gotten? Because at least like the other controversies that you mentioned, Adrian, like they're bad, but they're not like... They're not like this bad. Like they're not like yeah. I mean, personally, like I, I think diversity it's, bad. Yeah, I think it's mainly just Activision being the bigger of like the two companies, and them kind of like being beholden on like who Activision is in bed with. And this kind of like transitions a little bit into like the gaming stuff because their games are good. Like they're if you talk about controversies with Blizzard, none of it's coming from like the games they're putting out because their games are are quality. It's just like the back office you know, head of company stuff that's been real bad. Activision, is, the best thing Activision's ever done is kill franchises. Ooh. That's smart. I, I don't, I mean, War, World of Warcraft is still like the biggest MMO on the planet. So I don't know yeah, but that was, yeah, but that, no. For Blizzard. Well, I mean, but that's, well, I don't know about, but that's also because of the merge and kind of like the almost merge co-partner. If we look at like, I mean, obviously, Call of Duty is still up there, but what has happened in the Call of Duty series? We can talk about what even happened with, uh, I believe, the Destiny series, and we can talk about what happened with... Because um... Bungie yeah, said Deuce is all... Activision, right? Didn't hmm? they break from them after all yes, that Yes, they stuff? did. Yeah, and their actual yeah. game grew like three times since then because they hated it. So Activision um, obviously... worst, Blizzard bad and by then we had, versus... And then we had, obviously, the Guitar Hero stuff that all blew up that franchise. There's a good portion of like the mid two thousand, like early two mid to early two thousands and later, especially after thing where Activision ends up just trying to kill as many franchises as they own. Okay, so before we move into like the actual the actual games, I do want to end the controversies on a little bit of a lighter note because um, I want to go on record by saying that we should have known that we were going to be terrible with coronavirus. Because a World of Warcraft in 2005, yes. if you remember back to our episode, we talked about the Corrupted Blood Plague incident, where basically Amazing. A, uh, bu- or a debuff from the game got out into like the actual out-of-instance game, and it was killing players left and right, and the Blizzard 
employees basically said, just don't log into the game and don't intentionally infect people. And what did people in the game do? They ran around and infected everybody so much so that they had to like roll back the game and shut the whole thing down. So while people were surprised that people couldn't stay inside for during a pandemic, I was like, Oh yeah, this is just corrupted blood all over again. But like in real life and even like, the funny thing is that it so like closely resembled an outbreak of like real world uh, uh, pandemics. They actually did do research on what would happen. So we knew. We, we knew and who knew happening. that it would also include people purposely giving coronavirus to other people? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, like it ran through like Iron Forge, like come and get it. Come and get it. Yeah. Oh, um, that's depressing. And then but... as a more lighter transition here, one of my favorite World of Warcraft stories is actually that kid who got attacked by the moose and all he did to get a to get the moose to lay him alone was he played dead like his hunter does in world of warcraft to like drop aggro so he like just fell on the floor and dropped aggro like in real life from a moose that was attacking him oh, so that's adorable. you know there's there's good things that happen when you come to play these games um because blizzard really has done a good job of growing into different gaming markets and being successful um or at like the very least influencing other games of that type so Starting it off with real-time strategy or RTS, the Warcraft series. Um, RTS basically starts in the 80s, but what Warcraft really does switch it up um, from other games like Civilization and Command & Conquer, which I love. They're really great games, but Warcraft takes like a little bit of a different approach by improving on things like having a pretty in-depth campaign, having you know a little bit more balanced factions introducing hero units having those fantasy elements um having a little bit deeper of like the graphics designs and then mods of course um so much so that the storyline would go on to influence the creation of world of warcraft and one of the mods for warcraft 3 again would go on to influence valve's defense of ancients defense of the ancients or dota which basically creates the whole moba genre in that sense then you have StarCraft 1 in 98 and StarCraft 2 in 2010. You know, loosely, if you count, like, them still playing competitive StarCraft before the game was even released, which was, like, years before that, which, um, as Matt mentioned before. And basically, in the world of, like, RTS, I pr- like, if someone told me, like, what RTS games, like, are your favorite? I would probably, and Matt, you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but Command & Conquer, Civilization, and StarCraft are probably up there um, on on the list. However, I think the biggest difference between StarCraft and Command & Conquer and even Civilization, which which are really great, is that the StarCraft esports scene really changes the landscape up for esports, which is really dominated by FPS sports and arcade games at this time. And we've talked about this in our, our esports episode, but at the time before this is really just sports, FPS, and arcade. And yeah. seeing people in a large-scale event really sets the tone for basically how much um, like people who play Dota 2 and people who play League of Legends are paid because it started with StarCraft with those really, really big payouts. And if you've ever watched two people play StarCraft, you have no idea what's going on, but it's intense and it's fun. I cheer because um, I don't know what's happening, but everybody's excited. Uh, so StarCraft to me is like basically a groundbreaking game at this time because of a few reasons. Obviously, you are right with Command and Conquer, which I'd never, I, I know people like it. I, I don't know if that was like before my time of caring or whatnot. Obviously, Sib. I would throw the Anno franchise from Ubisoft because there are like eight of those games as well that has been pretty good with real time and they've been very successful. Um, but two things 1998, which we kind of talked about this even with like, I believe it was the Doom episode or say, because um, StarCraft comes out in that 1998 version or game, which basically very, um, that year of 1998 games is freaking amazing, but also it ends up elevating PC gaming 
as well because I mean, much as it is the esports theme, like PC gaming does get a nice uptick in this year, and like people start doing. I think obviously computers are getting better by this time, and it does really like just that year and stuff, and everything. StarCraft ends up setting up for a real time strategy because I, like I said I know I hear Command and Conquer and even Civ, even though Sim probably more of a turn based than a real time, um, but like I've never. I could be wrong, but I just never seen or ever heard it. I know any any average person I know knows what StarCraft is. I don't know how much people actually know Command and Conquer is. Yeah, I was gonna say the only two RTS that I can really like name. Like if somebody asked me, like Kate, like what what named like the top RTS, I would just say Civilization and StarCraft. Like those are just the ones that come to my brain. Yeah. And, like, even before, like, I even had, like, seen, like, the eSports scene. Like, I've always known about StarCraft. We need additional pylons. Everybody knows that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and I I say Command & Conquer um, just because I know, like, looking – if you, like, go look at, like, the history of, like, RTS. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Command Command & Conquer kind of jumps off, like, basically – Well, that's why I said it might be before my time, but to me, it's kind of, like – also, I believe the franchise just kind of – butters out for like a long time yeah but it, 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 it kind of like takes never... like the slower pace of civilization and kind of ups it up uh to where you have like a little bit more fast-paced thing what kind of yeah. like influences other stuff but definitely i mean and if there's like other ones like personally i loved age of mythology but i don't know anyone who else who played it but age of mythology was another rts where basically you played as gods and it was like smite but in an That's rts kind of cool. fashion and there's a lot of like really generic great. like random games great. like that you get them old PC disc games that end up being like random RTS games. Yeah, and that's kind of how that was. I had kind of just like booted into the PC and I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. This actually might have sparked my love for mythology, actually, now that I'm thinking that's about it. I'm cool. having existential moments on, on the podcast today. <laughs> so moving on from there, we have Dungeon Crawlers with the Diablo series. Um, Dungeon Crawlers have been around for like a very, very long time up to this point. And so it's definitely not the first, but what Diablo one does is it does make extensive use of multiplayer. Uh, we've talked about this in the past that multiplayer really wasn't a big thing until the, um, the nineties specifically for PC games. There's really not a whole lot of multiplayer and there's really not any really multiplayer at all for dungeon crawlers in general, but Diablo one does make, um, does make use of that to kind of bring in that market of multiplayer to, dungeon crawlers and now i can't think of like i mean when, I, when we played diablo 4 um in the beta it was really really fun to play that with people um and i know that a lot of those games do sputter out once the player base goes down because there's not enough um as many people to play with um diablo also kind of streamlined the gameplay where the mouse is more prominent over the keyboard so you can do a lot of the work through the mouse and not have to worry about kind of like keybinds and stuff so um, a little bit easier to play than some of the earlier dungeon crawlers there and with every expansion they keep expanding and expanding the world building to the point where the diablo 4 trailer at blizzcon 2019 um got the loudest pop in the whole opening ceremony when i was there and i think this is mainly because lilith is just badass and scary and i think everyone just wants her to step on them i don't know Uh, who she is but i love her and (laughs) she is an awesome monster lady that's all i know so the funny thing is, like, I didn't play as much Diablo 1, but Diablo 2, like, it's weird because it's, there's a weird period, like, that said that thing where I was like, I played a lot of Diablo 2. Not so much Diablo 1, but Diablo 2. And I'm pretty sure, I have to remember, when did Diablo 3 come out again? This I'm pretty sure it came. in, like, the 2010s, right, if I remember? Yeah, because right? once again, it comes out right at a time yeah, where basically in college, grad school type stuff, 
to where I didn't ever, I just never had a chance to play any of that because it was like waiting. I remember waiting on Diablo three, like in Starcraft two, for like ever, and it just happens to come out like, hey, you're an adult now, you don't get to play video games, <laughs> or at least you're not. Oh, my bad. You're supposed to be an adult yet, but you're poor because we like making college people poor. Um, so you can't afford to play games or have time. So Yeah, I mean, I remember it being like a smash hit. Like, I didn't play it personally. I kind of only played it because, like, my uncle had it, and he bought it, and he's, like, a big fan of, like, the, the series. So I played it, but I just didn't have, again, you know, same here, like, that, you know, what what is this? Uh, you know, November 20, 2012, um, you know, I'm, you know, my second year of college, basically, for me. Um, but it was like one of like the fastest selling PC games of that year. It sold a whole bunch of stuff and things like that. So it was widely successful and Diablo four looks amazing and you get to just like smash stuff and it should be fun. All I know is homegirl yeah, walked like- out with a skin cape and I was like, yes, this is so cool. <laughs> yeah. But also just because like in my sexy monster loving self, I think there's something interesting that happens with Lil- Lilith and that she's a very, like she's a beautiful woman, but she still looks demonic. She still looks monstrous which doesn't get done a lot and i i don't go here but the character design of her just being exposed flesh in like red and weird is just really cool from a standpoint of like how we get female monsters because we don't really get female sexy monsters that look really monstrous and so that's something that i really appreciate uh that's all i have to say on this matter Okay, and then from Diablo, we have the MMORPG, Massively Multiplayer Online Role-Playing Game. Of course, World of Warcraft. We have two episodes on this, so we won't talk too, too much about it. Episode 31 and episode 64 uh, for the full wild love and basically like why it's basically ruled the MMORPG space since 2004. But it still leads all MMOs even all this time later. And as, many, as much as people are like, oh, I'm never playing it ever again, people always come back and it's still has about 7 million players, which is a big decline from its peak at around 12 million, but still like far and away more than some of the other MMOs. So ESO, 3 million. Black Desert, 2, 1.5. Final Fantasy 4, 1 million. ESO has more than Final Fantasy? I think the uh, ability to play across more things, maybe. Oh, that's fair. There's, I was going uh, to let him finish, and I was going to go into these numbers, but that's yeah. fine. And I was going to say, like, these numbers aren't, like, ex- super exact because companies don't release their numbers as much as they do yeah. anymore. I think this is the – this is, like, the list that I found from 2018 or 2019 because, like, while, while like, WoW would always release their numbers, since they've declined, they really haven't released their numbers, and I don't know if – for why that is, but the rankings are more or less accurate in terms of, like, So it, it's – yeah, no, it's also weird when you look at these numbers because, like – it also depends on what the company promote. Like ESO just did a whole thing like last month and they're like, we're about to hit 17 million players. And I'm like, and then you're telling me 3 million, but then same thing with like, I think final fantasy has hit like 15 million or something like that. But it comes to like, is this concurrent subs? Yeah. Is this, is this all over people? time? Well, that's what I'm saying. Like it, they don't actually specify, but that's the thing. If you go to like ESO's website right now, it's like 16 million and counting. And you're like, what the hell? But as far as you talking about like having most players uh, ASO over Final Fantasy fourteen, one obviously you have Xbox involved in that um, between PC and then Xbox. Obviously, I know that happened for PlayStation, whatever else. Uh, ESO is not a, a subscription base; it's a buy to play game. Even though they almost force you into subscription, but it's not. It's a basically a buy to play versus a you know subscription based. And then obviously it's on. It's been on Game Pass for a while, so pretty much anybody can try it out and play it. Yeah. And now that, I mean, I know Final Fantasy has now done their whole 
you can get a free trial. Uh, but speaking of which, my Final Fantasy ad, you all need to go play Final Fantasy fourteen because you can play to level 60 right now for free. And they condense the story down. You don't have to do any more of the dumb stuff right off the bat. You get all the way there, flip it, we're good. Back to our <laughs> Blizzard episode. <laughs> Yeah, so the numbers are are um a little weird, and yeah, like like Matt said, it's kind of hard to say because like I know like one of Blizzard's things like we have um over a hundred million total registered users like or whatever like over like the course of whatever uh, a yeah. few years ago. They obviously don't have a hundred million people playing, but they do release that they are they've been sticking around about like seven to eight million players the last couple um of expansions, which is. <laughs> I mean, I think that's still pretty good considering the game is 17 years old and has never gone free to play and has basically always been the top and basically sparks other things like Hearthstone. So, so that was... Yeah, I think it definitely... Oh, go ahead. Because oh, that is interesting and cool, and obviously I don't know, but I feel like just MMOs in general, have they moved forward with what they've done, but also I feel like there's a lot of people... The, they're all the same people anymore, especially as you get older. Of like, you play the new expansion for a while, you beat the content, you dip off, you cycle back into Final Fantasy, you dip off, you cycle back into ASO. Because I mean, I think just with us, I know for us, just in the last yeah. what year and a half, we've played all three of them, um, yeah. if not more. Um, so I do think that ends up happening a lot more, especially as the player bases get older, because you can only do so much new content. Yeah, and I think it's like a much more interesting time now too, because ESO and Final Fantasy fourteen have, and I guess Blast Desert aren't, um, have been around for a long time. Like if we're talking about like, you know, I don't, I don't hear anyone talking about Guild Wars anymore. I don't yeah. hear anyone talking about, you know, apparently they're still Star doing Wars, well, but I just Republic, don't hear them. Uh, I still see stuff from them, and they apparently are doing, I guess, well, but I don't know what well is to them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, for right. me, they're I've... still releasing content and still doing. I, you know, not I will say to Adrian's point, one of the things, like, because as you all are talking and I'm kind of thinking about it, like, WoW is really the only one of these things that hasn't had to like completely overhaul itself and has just been able to just keep wowing, whereas like ESO and Final Fantasy both had to rebuild themselves. So, but how do we do this too? Because also Final Fantasy made two games. Because FF11 was the first one that came out That's right after fair, WoW. But we're only yeah, talking about and, yeah. Wait, but I, but I, but I would argue that WoW killed that one. Oh no! I mean, <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'm not gonna. Well, just, but that, 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 that was my point. So like, you, these are MMOs that have like stuck around. Like yeah. even with WoW doing what it's doing, like these are sticking around pretty yeah. well, which I think is really impressive, just for like the whole genre in general. All I'm saying, the funny thing all is, I'm FF11 saying is we is don't have World of Warcraft reborn. We have World or of Warcraft, to play, which I think and, is like the craziest. Thing. And now we're just no, absolutely. And it did so well that now people paid to go back to what it was when it first started seventeen years ago, which I think speaks to how important and like long lasting this franchise is. So the quest, the only thing I'll say about that is basically, as much as it killed it, um, I don't think people realize how much group play Final Fantasy XI forced you into. To where when they redid fourteen, like it is completely different. No, that's fair. You could but not level also, or play without being in a group in Final Fantasy XI. As Yoshi P said at the Final Fantasy XIV thing, thank you for sticking us when, since the beginning. We know that that was hard. Oh, no, I'm not disagreeing <laughs> they messed that up. That just, I'm not saying that different. I'm just saying, like, it is interesting that Final Fantasy has made two MMOs since this time. Yeah. And there are also two vastly different and MMOs. And only of, had like, to make one. Yeah. I'm not disagreeing <laughs> with you. Like, what? Yeah, but, I mean, obviously, like, we have two episodes on it. One more about, like, the game itself and, like, why, like, we played it. Um, and then the other one's more kind of about, like, the lore. Because, like, the, the lore in that um, 
franchise is really, really great. But I think thing more recently that it's done really, really well is influence the creation of Hearthstone, which is now one of their biggest games. Um, now, sort talk, of, but yes, uh, talked about before. I will say one last fact though. Kate tries to come in here and attack me with this Final Fantasy. I could not get her to stay playing WoW or play WoW. I'm at not all. attacking so, you with it. I said that at the top of the show. I'm just saying, I I, I recognize. I'm just saying, you could we could have played WoW. I didn't have a problem with played WoW for a okay, while, but you did not want to play. Take, I think WoW is ugly, and I want to look at my pretty yeah. anime characters. I, so. I, I didn't want to like put those words in your mouth. But I was like, I was, I was going to say this because. Final Fantasy is prettier, Matt. Yes. Like, of course. <laughs> I get oh, I know. I didn't know. I wasn't anime. disagreeing like, with why. I'm just telling you, like, wow don't come at me for Final Fantasy the when you won't even play that WoW. WoW has is pet battles. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and like, and the thing for World of Warcraft, like, that's like a distinct like decision, right? Like, they just kept the oh, kind of Warcraft yeah. cartoony feel. So and, and it makes they just sense. they just rock with it. Yeah, and it makes yeah. sense, especially for something that is so long lasting. Like, it is really just a personal choice. Like, I just really sure. enjoy Final Fantasy because it hits at my weeb side. Like that's literally oh, don't, don't, all it don't is. Don't get me wrong, dude. Playing Boulder's Gate and I was like, yes, I'm a warlock. <laughs> I'm gonna go blow stuff up. So don't don't worry about it. I got you. So moving on from there, we've talked about Overwatch a little bit so far. Um, again, we have a whole episode on this in episode 64 where we kind of talk about a lot of the specifics. But essentially, um, Overwatch is Blizzard's version of Team Fortress 2, which I think is hilarious given the Valve references and talking about Dota, like how they kind of like just took that. I think that's funny. Um, which basically adds characters in with abilities into an objective-based shooters. But uh, the Overwatch League has really brought shooters back more or less into the FPS scene, um, even though they're not really competing as much or as highly with um, as MOBAs are, because those are just kind of going to be the thing and take until the end of time. But more importantly, I think the reason why um, I like playing Overwatch and um, why it's so fun for me is that the world building is better. I think the, the addition of maps that are kind of um adding on is always great always different game modes always different events and of course a very diverse roster with currently 32 characters at the time of this recording which is i think i think like eight more than when we did our first episodes like over 100 episodes ago they've added in a lot of characters that kind of cover a very like broad spectrum of the lgbt community autism body diversity both men and women and essentially every kind of like overarching ethnic group that you can kind of think of are present in the game. And I know they get like a lot of slack of they're not doing enough when it comes to diversity, but I really can't think of any other game other than like maybe Apex that is doing what Overwatch does like with its characters and kind of pushing for yeah. more diversity in their characters. Because even League of Legends, uh, before this recording, I went back and looked at kind of their character release schedule um, game came out in 2009. A lot of the characters in that game specifically are like aliens or, you know, some kind of like animal thing. But the vast majority of them are like white passing characters or um, an Asian character. You don't get like a, a black character until like four years later yeah. um, for that game specifically. So, yeah, And I do think like it is really important that like Overwatch has had some pretty big fumbles when it comes to representation. Uh, found out that El Dorado is actually based on an Italian city and not a Mexican one. And they said that it was a Mexican one, but it was really a picture from Google Images that was an Italian city. But I think to Adrian's point, Apex, Valorant, the new hero games that are like that come out, like it is very much basing it off of a of of, of the Overwatch model. And so like as much as I do think that like there have been some like 
for some glaring issues that Overwatch has had, they've done a really good job of presenting, in my opinion, of presenting characters in a very different light. Like the women of, of Overwatch are extremely diverse when it comes to ideas of what it means to be a woman. And like, I don't think I can name another game before Overwatch where I got to play a Latina who is literally a freaking hacker. Like she's Angelina Jolie in Hackers. Sombra's dope. Um, and she's not super busty and she's not super curvy and she's not sexualized. And like, that's also really important. But I do think if you call out like what lasting impact Overwatch's diversity is, is it laid the groundwork. Essentially, you don't know how to do it better if Overwatch doesn't do it first and do it in a way that actually impacts how things are. Because you don't have Valorant's that way. You don't have mm -hmm. Apex's, Apex's that way. Because even if it stumbles, it still presents a diverse foundation for people to build off of and do. Like, hell, the voice actress for Sombra actually voices, I think she voices the one of the characters in Valorant as well. But, like, but yeah, anyway, that that's the, I, I like Overwatch because that, but I also really like it because the dynamic maps and the dynamic tanks. Like, I don't think that, because I, I tried to play Paladins, I hated it, also sucked at it, hated the maps, but I like the the differences in tanks and differences of play styles with tanks. Because I like tanking, but I don't like, like, I make, I don't like playing Reinhardt, but that's a very specific type of tank <laughs> compared to Hamtaro. I know that's not his name, but that's his name. And D.Va, which are just very different types of tanks. And I think the fact that even when you look out of diversity or out of maps, just the diversity of gameplay within each class in the Overwatch system is something that I, I really, really like. Now, my biggest thing from Overwatch, as much as I don't like it or care to play it most of the time, is what they've done for esports, but only in the way of then the biggest issues we've had, obviously they still do some messed up stuff, in esports is basically you never know who to root for, how things go, teams come and go, teams collapse. Like, I remember, I mean, we'll probably get to talking about, talking about Smite, but, like, they'd be have, like, the defending champs all of a sudden change their name mid-season, their whole team collapses, sponsor goes out, and, like, they're cool for what they did, but they never built anything sustainable. And so Overwatch League... Obviously, it's great, but I'm not saying we haven't got that with like other MOBAs, or, you know, which we'll talk about with like League of Legends and Dota. But they gave it something to where people can actually root for a team, and they almost and they kind of baked it like in the kind of in the groundwork of doing sports. Because yeah. in the, the day, sports are great, and people like sports and rooting because they can kind of have a connection. Like, I'm from yeah. you know Dallas. I like Dallas teams. I'm from Miami. No I like Miami team. Did like I had no care, but I know that I can't root for the fuel because uh, the outlaws show up to everything that we have in Austin. <laughs> well, that's what I'm so saying. I they kind of established, <laughs> and then they kind of, but and also in doing so, they've established the teams of like, I'm not going to see a luminosity one year and then not yeah. see a luminosity the next year, which you've seen in yeah. so many other esports things. And like I said, I know they've had their issues trying to grow, and it's been weird trying to figure out because they pumped money into it, then they laid everybody off, but then they pumped money into it, and they had growth, yeah. but then how much was it artificial growth versus actual growth, and all this other stuff. But then the day of like what they've done, be able to do that, because we're now getting that with the Call of Duty leagues as well, to where you can select a team, and you can root a team on, and you have yeah. that connection, and it allows players to then obviously you know sell merch or have a rivalry or whatever else, and you get that sports type feel that ends up being of what ends up promoting, you know, ath like athletic types. And I think that that's one of the things that I will say from like watching. So for a while on the site, one of our writers, Charles, he did weekly recaps of all of the the Overwatch League stuff, and I remember when Shanghai Dragons won. Like there, it was a large underdog story because this team had been around and the dragons had sucked and then they won. 
the championship. And that, like, that's a story that you don't get when it's like, oh, wait, Space Man Gaming, weren't you, like, these people beforehand? Versus, like, it is very much ingrained with, like, longer-lasting teams. So I do think that's really cool. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe just, like, a regional thing, and we're just, like, ingrained to do that. I think it's because we're, uh, like, Texas and football and different teams. Yeah, I think no, so. I mean, no, <laughs> no, I Because no, I don't do, – like, I, I think that's really great because, like, I think about, like, when I was, like, really, really big into watching League of Legends professionally – and like the Cloud Nine with like Sneaky and you know Medios and all those those not even like the same team. Like all those people like are on different teams now. I'm like, well, how am I supposed to root for Cloud Nine when they're not even the same people yeah. that I was rooting for before? At no, least like when, when it's regional, I'm like, oh well, I like yeah. Texas. Yes. <laughs> no, and I, and that's what I'm saying. Like it might just be an American type thing per se versus a global type thing, but it does allow the yeah. regional people to then invest in what you're doing and yeah. you have at least some sort of. You know every year, regardless, and obviously I know they have favorite players, but you do know you're getting the Dallas feel yeah. every year. No versus, joke, like I said, it taps into the tribalism that sports marketing taps into because yes. you people want to identify with a thing. It's the same reason I haven't watched a single match of CSGO in my entire life, but at DreamHack, when we were watching Luminosity play against a European team, I was like, yes, NA! Was, I, NA, yeah. <laughs> oh, who was it? It was Team Liquid. I don't know who the hell that is. They're from, they're, they're from See, Dallas. See, that shows you how much... You were ready to buy a Team Liquid jersey because they partnered with oh, Marvel. Yeah, that's right. See, that shows you how much I don't care, but I know who the Houston but if it was, was and like, the Dallas Fuel are. Uh, yeah, but if it, was like, <laughs> if it was like the Dallas Liquid, you would have exactly. remembered instantly. Well, because like, well, right? no, but like, cause that, that's like the thing. Like, I know Team Liquid's huge, but like, I know somebody who works for that. I still don't care about, about Team Liquid, uh, but I cared because it was an NA versus EU thing, and I was like, okay... I gotta go for this team, um, which I I don't know, that it, it's cool. That's it's normal. It's normal. Also, um, well, why but, they gotta be Houston and Dallas? Those things are closer to each other than like the other cities. Like, why couldn't it be like Austin or San Antonio or something? Because those two cities tower over. I don't care, Austin. but they're right next to each other. Make it more <laughs> diverse. What are you talking about? Austin and San Antonio are an hour away. Dallas. Houston well, no, about, I'm like, saying what, keep half, one Dallas, hours? get rid of Houston, or keep Houston and get rid of Dallas and do, like, the other part of Texas. We're close. What? I don't know. You oh, don't like know the, Brown, the Brownsville's fuel? Yes. <laughs> yeah, no, like, what, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm confused. I'm like, you not know geography? <laughs> uh, so moving on from uh, Overwatch and the Overwatch League, again, episode 64 covers a lot of um, our love for that. But kind of talking a little bit about MOBAs, we talked about Heroes of the Storm. Obviously, we've talked about this already, but it's really not as popular as Dota or League of Legends, Smite, or other MOBAs. But Blizzard really does have has put a lot of work into this game to keep it kind of fresh and adding in characters as they are introduced in the Blizzardverse. Um, for most people, it's probably kind of too late in the game to kind of get into this because like so many of the characters are tied to the universe. But if you are like a fan of the overarching kind of like Blizzard characters like as a whole, definitely look into doing this. I'm pretty sure Lilith will make an appearance here in that game in some time in the future, like all the other big baddies and all the other universes have. So, so the problem I had, obviously here, storm did whatever, but then we have the, basically what happened. I believe it was two years ago where blizzard just basically pulled all support for a lot of esports, And the first one got, that got cut was heroes of the storm. And uh, as much as people do to play it, that hurt the, the actual game itself, because at the end of the day, people nowadays play a lot of games to make money and compete and, when you basically scrap that for your game, especially for what it was trying to do, that does hurt in some ways. 
Yeah, I'm feeling more more like the casual perspective. I mean, I still, I mean, I play, right. I play a couple games every here and there because sometimes you just want to like. No, I don't be think it's character. a dead game, but I do yeah. know that hurt quite a bit, especially yeah. when it came to like the scene. Because you do, if we're talking about how it influenced and like we talk down in the world of Twitch streaming and promoting games, like that just kills people whole thing. And it's just honestly not as fun as like as much as like League of Legends. No, it's is not a good. It's not fire. Um, it, I like the kind of I like the game modes, but if I'm gonna play a mobile, I'd rather go play like something else. I mean, Smite's been trying to say, hey, let's hate our game for the last, like, four years. Um, but they still are probably better than anything here that Storm's ever done. Uh, from there, we do have the card game. So Hearthstone, we've talked a lot about this, launched in 2014 as a card game based on Warcraft lore and was a smash hit. Reached 8 million players on PC and 9 million players on mobile. Sure, some of that has some overlap. But within the first um, year within like the first year of it being released and it had basically nines across the board rating wise by november 2018 blizzard stated that hearthstone had reached over 100 million players which makes sense because it's so it quickly also became one of the most watched game channels on twitch with a pretty robust gaming uh, esports scene um i want to say that the most popular like i want to say it's like probably the most popular digital card game but i also know that things like gwent slay the spire you know shadow shadowverse and um things like that are things like that exists like legends of Ruterra, i know exists as well but i'm pretty comfortable in thinking that like none of these are nearly as po- popular as hearthstone i'm gonna obviously biasly agree with you but also just number we buy it agree with you anybody who ever watches twitch just pull up the numbers you see yeah. despite the fact that like once again, Blizzard basically tried to kill, has basically been just killing all of their esports uh, scene as much as they want to and made it super confusing and bad. Um, it is one of those, like, I know Gwent's cool, but I mean, I don't I don't ever see stuff. I know Slay the Spire definitely have gotten very popular in the other ones. And like I said, I don't think they're necessarily a bad game per se. I just don't think they have the popularity that they, Hearthstone has had in general. I also, yeah, and I was gonna say, like, from somebody who doesn't play that many CCGs just because of like how complicated some of them get, like, I think Hearthstone is really, really accessible to any type of player, and you don't have to have a vast knowledge of the lore, and you don't have to have like these really insane game mechanics. Which, like, when I tried to play Gwent, it was like that Magic Arena, like that Elder Scrolls Blades, like that. Um, I don't even know if Blades is still a thing. Or not Blades. What was the one that they had? I know what you're talking about, but I... I don't think that one succeeded. I just liked, anyway. I like to act like that never <laughs> happened. But all I'm trying to say is like, I think that like Blizzard struck that really good balance of like it could get players that were just CCG people and not attached to WoW while still also catering to WoW because it's based on stuff from it. And then also it's just really simple mechanics. Like I yeah. learned it really easily and I struggle with a lot of like the, uh, with a lot of those types of things, but I really enjoyed it. Um, Which has been the both up and bad thing of just RNG dictates a lot of the games and it's a kind of, cause, I mean, obviously we knew we've known some pros that play obviously not so much anymore just because they've killed a lot of the esports league and I'm upset, but it is one of those listening to talk of how much it is of just like, because R- it is a RNG dominant game, obviously depending on which expansion, like, I remember talking to somebody before, and he was just like, yeah, I can win 64% of my games, and I'm a pro versus the average person can win, like, maybe, like, 54 to, you know, 57%, and it's weird because you don't think of that in any of the other games, like, not saying that you would lose and obviously thing, but there's so much RNG to where, you know, 64% is very low, especially in it just overall as a pro versus other games, like, if I, we, as we mentioned, like, 
League of the Legend, Dota, Smite, or even like, you know, moving upwards, we're not touching any of those people, no matter how good we think we are. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and me and me like I, I love I love playing her some when we would like play play a lot back in the day, but I think the thing that kind of got me away from it more so when it comes to like the the base game, like the actual Hearthstone game itself. Constructed, yes. Yeah, the constructed. Um it's a I once you get like you start moving up the ladder and like you're doing like the the ranked ladder, you know, I would get up to like five and then it would be due to have all like legendary cards. Oh yeah, no, a they bunch of dust and stuff. So while the RNG thing is here, if you have like just a deck worth twelve thousand dust and you lose, it's RNG can only <laughs> make so much excuse for that but there is a chance oh, no. there is a chance no but. no the, absolutely which is a big thing of like what some players have complained about much of thing of just like it's been focused on selling packs yeah. selling packs selling packs and it does weave to that weird stuff but also i don't think we realize i think if you're in the top if you're like rank five you're in the top like two percent of players or some shit it's ridiculous like it's crazy of like the vast majority of the population that plays and players like you just have to get into like the top like rank like ten and you're like in the top like ten percent of all players, <laughs> which is weird to think about, but yeah. that's just how it is. Um, but no, it's been a weird. It hasn't gone over the years. Like I said, they've redone it. They've killed a lot of the esports scene, as we've mentioned before, the dream hacks and everything else. They're not around anymore. I think they might be coming back, but as of right now, they're not. Um, they basically moved to a grandmasters where it's basically like they pick sixteen players. And it's been career killers for a lot of people. One, if you don't make it in there or if you get relegated out of it, like I've seen there's been at least three uh like basically world champs who basically just retired once they got knocked out. Um, because it's just so intense to get in there and it's so limiting and there's no and there's only like three events a year now versus like the hundreds they used to be. And part of that might be some of the popularity, but also part of it just Blizzard going, No, nah, we're not gonna invest in any of this stuff. Yeah. And it's been hard to watch, but it is a very popular game. Like if you watch on Twitch, still people get play. Yeah, watching thousands of people yeah. every day. And they I mean now they might not be playing constructed. I mean, at least I know from like the Hearthstone, like a couple of Hearthstone streamers that I watch. Um, I know a lot of them had transitioned over to the Hearthstone Battleground, which is um, yes. the auto chess or auto battle or whatever you want to call it version of Hearthstone. So basically, um, a, basically if you know anything about like Dota auto chess or League of Legends team fight tactics. Kind of like that, where you kind of build the, the game against other people throughout the um, throughout the match. And I don't, again, don't watch a lot of Hearthstone streamers, but the ones that I do watch have definitely transition, transitioned away from Constructed into playing the ranked season for Battlegrounds. Um, I don't know if it's just because, like, the RNG is less, maybe. Uh, I'm not really sure, like, why, so why that is, but... I know for me, um, it's funny because all the pro professionals that I watch, when the season's in play, they play constructed, they do that, and then once the season ends, they all go play BGs. Um, I, and so it is funny, like you said that. Um, I personally don't watch constructed like you do anymore. As much as I watch Hearthstone all day, I watch BG Hearthstone pretty much 10 times more than I watch any of the regular Hearthstone, and it, it's a lot more entertaining to watch, to be honest. Um, I think just people are in intrigued. I know for watching it, people love watching it because it is just way... As Kate mentioned, just the general premise of Hearthstone, it is so easy to figure out what they're doing. Yeah. Versus, I've tried watching Team Tactics. It's super slow. It's super convoluted. You have to know what you're doing, and it's just boring as shit. I and you're still locked. don't really know what happens in Battlegrounds, but I'm not going to lie. It's because I don't pay that much attention. Yeah. I mean, I personally like Team Fight Tactics, but they just switch up their meta so much that it's just like too much to keep track of. Well, personally. that's been a problem we but have I, with I, Battlegrounds. I do like it. But Battlegrounds is fun, and I think 
the way that they do their they kind of like do their meta a little bit slower because i while i don't play constructor anymore i do play a lot of the um the battlegrounds and i enjoy like that meta kind of like switching up more than really anything as they're adding in like new um heroes to choose from like while yeah. you're while you're playing the thing i think that keeps the game much more fresh than watching two druids you know demon hunter get it right sir I'm not going to lie. Since they added Demon Hunter, Constructed has sucked because they've dominated for so That's long. what I'm saying. I stopped watching because of the dual Druid matchups that would take forever. Or like when they would have like the Bomb the bomb Warrior, where I got to watch like bombs I go off warrior. for warrior like suck. 17 hours of like the streams. But in Battlegrounds, it's a little bit more fast paced. And again, like you said, easier to learn than like something like Teamfight Tactics, which I do enjoy, but it's just easier. Like at the end of the day, when I'm in bed, and I'm watching something, but I still want to play a game. I can just pull up Battlegrounds on my phone, and it's really easy to use. You just drag and drop. Very, very easy, which is not the same for some of the other mobile um, auto chess battlers, at least in, in in my opinion. Yeah, no, I definitely, I said, I watch it a lot more than I do Constructed. I, I will say at the end of the day, like, there's been a lot of stuff that sucked, like Warrior stuff. But ever since they've added Demon Hunter, I can barely watch constructed because they've just dominated and they've been trying to balance it forever and it's just not there yeah um, i mean all that have, uh, i mean just really like all that to say that uh because we're kind of getting over on time now yeah. this the the big thing here for the hearthstone battleground is that this is just like another example of blizzard kind of like seeing something seeing and then just trying something and seeing if it works and it being a smash hit because things like arena and things like that aren't nearly as popular as when battleground launched and it's only been um, about a year since, or well, I guess not two years now since it's been out, and it was like a smash so, hit. So, to, to be official, uh, Battlegrounds is still in early access. I know, yeah. It's still <laughs> early access. But I'm, well, that's what I'm saying. It's been like going on two years now, yeah. and it's like technically it's still in early access, but it's been out for two years. You I don't just know if that look, game's man, ever going to be Matt, quote unquote officially. Matt, out. You were a StarCraft player, Matt. How long was StarCraft Two <laughs> in beta? <laughs> While they had like full out competitions <laughs> with the game. Yeah. <laughs> the, the public couldn't play it, but all the pros were like still doing tournaments with StarCraft II before the game was even out. Yeah, so to kind of wrap us up, um, despite like all the, the things that we've talked about um, at the top of the show, Blizzard really does stand, at least to me, as one of the companies that can really make games across genres that work very well. So we've seen this so much so that companies like Riot are expanding their own games outside the most popular franchises. So you know, Riot's coming came out with Valorant, their FPS, Legends of Ruterra, their CCG, Team Fight Tactics, their Auto Chess, Rune King, their RPG, and they have, you know, the fighting game, the dungeon crawler, and the MMO coming out. Um, we've even talked about Valve in our Half-Life episode, and they've given a lot as well. But I mean, they have to base their a lot of their success for Dota 2 off of Blizzard itself because it came from that port of uh that mod from Warcraft. And they even precede Valve as a company for about five years. Um, so their just ability to kind of give us games across genres that work and continually update those games and just don't let them like stay stagnant. Because I will say that for a lot of these games, they are very kind of open to like the feedback and they implement the changes and they kind of make the game fun. So you're not kind of just playing the same game for a long period of time. Whether it could be good or bad, if it kind of messes up your meta and you don't like certain things, that's one thing. But um, we've talked about a lot of games here and they're all different, but they all come from that same company and they all are pretty good. Go. We kind of already talked about all my fun facts already. I think <laughs> the one I really want to talk about is like how De Blizzard co-developed the justice league game in 95 for the NES, uh, Genesis and Condor. I thought that was hilarious. I'm um, still blown away by that. Cause I never would have put that out there. <laughs> um, and then I guess like blizzards, 
Blizzard's name. We talked about the start of the show that they were founded as Silicon and Synapsis. They went from Silicon to Synapsis to Chaos Studios um, <laughs> to Ogre Studios and then back to Blizzard. And this is mainly just because, like, each company that bought them didn't like the name that they had picked before. Oh, my God. Um, and people were getting mixed up when they did Silicon and Synapsis. People were getting confused with the meaning of Silicon as, like, the chemical element. Um, and then, like, you know. Silicon. Silicone, yeah. as in like what you put in the characters' boobs in video games for the things. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's really all I got. Uh, final thoughts, Matt. I have a fun story about silicone, but that'll be for another episode. <laughs> um, but um, hey, is it about Silicon Labs? All oh, yes, okay. it is. Um, <laughs> the place downtown. Uh, <laughs> Um, but no, my final thoughts is Blizzard's interesting to me because obviously it's been around and it was a big part of my life, especially my early, like, you know, that late 90s, early 2000s, even in almost in the thing. And then basically I got to college and then and then dropped everything I did from Blizzard and just kind of moved away. And while it's weird because I don't, I, Hearthstone is still a huge part of what I do every day. Um, like I said, I wait basically at 10 o'clock every night, 9 o'clock, I have the exact streamer on. You know, I watch everything. I watch so much Hearthstone involved. But as far as, like, playing their games, I just don't really play anymore. And there's probably a variety of reasons why, but it is just one of those, like, it's crazy because they, they make good stuff, and I don't blame people who do play it, and I know why people play it because I obviously played them, but it's just been wild from my personal self of just, like, how much I've gone from playing them to I don't play at all, but I still always have Blizzard around me. Yeah, for sure. And Kate? I miss, I miss, not WoW, I miss Overwatch. I really want to play Overwatch again. I really loved Overwatch, like, a whole bunch. But I think overall, like I said, or, like, one of the things that's really big for me is that I haven't played nearly as much Blizzard as y'all. And even if I've touched some of the games, I haven't put as many hours into them as y'all have. But I, I've never felt out of touch with Blizzard. Like, I feel like I've at least understood the games that have come out, what they do, like, all that stuff, which I can't say for my, my other gaming blind spots. Um, and I think that that's actually really key to showing how big Blizzard is and how impactful Blizzard is, at least when it, you look at, like, the different spheres of, like, what you play and everything like that. Obviously, they're a problematic fave. But I do really, really... I mean, I just want to go play Overwatch now. I haven't played Overwatch since before they added Baptiste. And that's a long-ass time. So... <laughs> yeah, it's quite a while. Um, I, I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat in terms of like wanting to play Overwatch again. But Overwatch 2 is coming out, and it's going to be really good. Didn't man. it get delayed? We have no idea when that's coming out, if it's ever coming out. It's coming out, for sure. I mean, the game was like... Oh, sure! It's coming out. Sure. But, you know, might be a StarCraft 2 situation. Who knows? <laughs> it uh, might be. Yeah, I'm not saying. I think at the earliest, you're looking, what, 2023 at this point? Yeah, maybe. Who knows? Yeah, I think Problematic Fave is like a different, definitely good way to kind of encapsulate my feelings on Blizzard um, and kind of like this episode in general. They do have done a lot of bad stuff, but I think um, a lot of some, I don't want to say all of it, but a lot of that is because Activision is just not great. But this is a Blizzard episode, not an Activision episode. Um, but. The games are great. I enjoy playing them. If you play any of these games and you're looking for people to play with, uh, let me know. If you want to play Overwatch, let me know as well. I'll re-download it, and then Kate can play D.Va. Yes. And Matt can play Moira, and I'll just play whatever. I'm not playing with you. Yeah. <laughs> I'll play I Moira. Need, and then... I need my healer. 
uh yeah so that's all i got um i just i know this episode ran a little bit long but we love you and 169 <laughs> <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> as always if you like what we do here head on over to patreon.com slash but why pc and support us on patreon and if you would like Follow us on all of our social medias at But Why Though PC. Uh, we're really close to 5,000 Twitter followers. Uh, so if you don't follow us yet, just go follow us. It would be dope. Um, and yeah, you can find me on Twitter at OhMyMethRandier. And I don't think there's anything I'm currently yelling about, which is, oh, Godzilla and Kong's about to come out. So like, you're going to see a lot of that. Adrian. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter, and if you want to at me and tell me why Arthas isn't garbage, you can at SuperReese93, S-U-P-E-R-R-U-I-Z-93, but Arthas is trash. Matt? Uh, Warlock's still the only class that I'll ever play in WoW, and all the rest of them suck. 